be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts, we lift them to the Lord. Friends near and far, we welcome you to this Sunday service of ordered worship in the nave of Marsh Chapel, Boston University. The liturgy, homily, and music are offered in the praise of God for our gathered congregation here at 735 Commonwealth Avenue, for our New England radio audience through WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe live at WBUR.org. We encourage your written or emailed responses, your prayerful and material support, your self-identification with your own form of ministry, and as the Spirit moves, your presence with us for worship. Our service today is guided and graced by loving musical leadership. For the Bach cantata and other service music this morning, we are happy to pause and to give thanks to our instrumentalists, to our choristers, to our choral scholars, to our concert master, Ms. Heidi Braun-Hill, to our organist, Mr. Justin Blackwell, and to our director of music, Dr. Scott Allen Jarrett. Our musicians help us in the key phrase from today's cantata to walk with encouraged steps. Love and music, love in music, we acclaim today. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, let us stand in the praise of God.
Give us grace, O Lord, to answer readily the call of our Savior Jesus Christ and proclaim to all people the good news of his salvation, that we and the whole world may receive the glory of his marvelous works, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. A lesson from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 7, verses 29 through 31. I mean, brothers and sisters, the appointed time has grown short. From now on, let even those who have wives be as though they had none, and those who mourn as though they were not mourning, and those who rejoice as though they were not rejoicing, and those who buy as those they had no possessions, and those who deal with the world as they had no dealings with it. For the present form of this world is passing away. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to be God. God. Please join me in verses from Psalm 62 with the antiphon. in silence, for my hope is from him. God alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rests my deliverance and my honor, my mighty rock, my refuge is in God. Trust in God at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before God, who is a refuge for us. Those of low estate are but a breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. In the balances they go up. They are together lighter than a breath. Put no confidence in extortion and set no vain hopes on robbery. If riches increase, do not set your heart on them. Once God has spoken, twice have I heard this. That power belongs to God. And to you, O God, belongs steadfast love for you repay to all according to their work. I sing your praise for steadfast love, fulfill your purpose for me. And now, friends, please rise as you are able for the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel.
Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Mark, chapter 1, verses 14 through 20. Glory Glory to you, you, O Lord. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. This morning we see Jesus walking the shore of his beloved Galilee. He who is love set to music sets out at dawn as the fishermen begin casting and mending. This stylized memory from St. Mark kindles our own memory and our own hope as well. Daybreak carries a power unlike any other hour's hue. The excitement of beginning, the promise of another start, the crisp, cold opening of the year in January. Like the skier at the top, mitts and poles at the ready, we adjust our goggles and we lean and whoosh. Here is Jesus. Midway from Christmas to Easter, from manger to cross, from nativity to passion. Along the shoreline he strides, one foot in sea and one foot on shore. And he meets two brothers, and they meet him. Notice how Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, are sketched. There is little to nothing of history here, but what there is says so much There is no parental shadow lying on their fishing nets. One hears no maternal imperative, no paternal dictate. These are boys who are young men. They're on their own. They've left home already, maybe leaving the city to the south to find a meager middle-class existence with their own means of production. They are small businessmen, boat owners, fishermen. Neither the Amha'aretz nor the gentry they. Not poor, not rich, working folks, young, young men. Simon already has a nickname, a sign of joviality, of conviviality, of gregarious, playful fun. Peter, the rock. Is this for his steady faithfulness or for his failure to float? On this rock sinks like a rock. You sense that these are brothers who play a little bit in the surf. They kick up the sand a little. They watch their friends. They take time to take life as it comes. Brown are their forearms and burnished their brows. They love the lake and they love life and they have already made their entrance into adult life. For they have left home. One envies their youth, one envies their freedom. 
They have taken to the little inland sea and with joy they meet each day. You can feel the sand under their feet as they take a moment to play and laugh. You can feel the chill of the water as they swim while breakfast cooks over the fire. You can feel their feeling of vitality and joy at the beginning as they greet one another, open to love, open to the music of love. I wonder whether we allow ourselves to drift a little too far from that first level of feeling, the feeling that any measure of love brings, that music brings, those nearly pure moments of almost rapturous illumination, love set to music. There must have been some moment, sometime, when you felt an intimacy with the universe, a closeness, a sense of really being alive. Maybe that moment has come now, today, this hour. It is that kind, too, a musical moment, love breaking in, a simple trust like theirs who heard beside the Syrian sea. I am told of a boy who goes to a winter vacation with his parents in Florida, and they set him loose on the swimming pool. And before diving, he goes around the cement shoreline, a latter-day Jesus on a latter-day lake, and he begins to interview those with him. Are you a Christian? Oh, no, no, I don't go to church. Are you a Christian? Well, I go on Christmas and at Easter. I mean, I was there last month, but, you know, I don't read the Bible or anything like that. Are you a Christian? You know, I used to be, but I've kind of gotten away from it. So many other things. Are you a Christian? And at last, an older man brings the reply the boy is looking for. Why, yes, I was baptized in my youth and made a moment of confirmation. I go to church on Sunday. Can't, can't stand to miss it, really. Yes, I tithe. I give away 10% of what I have each year. Not all to the church, but mostly to the church, because that's the seedbed for future wonder, morality, and generosity. I keep, my, keep faith with my family and friends. I, I'm a Christian. Uh, but uh, why are you asking? Well, sir, the young man said, I want to go swimming, and I have two quarters here in my shorts, and I wanted someone I could trust to hold them while I took a dip. A simple trust, like theirs who heard beside the Syrian sea. Our malaise, our ennui, should we have such, our asadia, spiritual sloth or indifference, literally our not caring, so often is due to our turning away from that elemental experience of love that sets music to everything else, that energizes everything else. Peter and Andrew, of course, are casting, casting nets. They have no furrowed brows, no endless worries, no pessimism, no angst. They probably have left unattended some holes in their nets, these two happy fisher folk. They're willing to accept that their casting will be imperfect, but that imperfection will not keep them from enjoying the labor of the casting. Meanwhile, back on the beach, Jesus heads south, cove by cove, with Andrew and Peter now frolicking in tow. They had already left home, so they're ready at the invitation to take a flyer on some new trek, not fully sure how it will work out. It is a miracle that they are remembered, perhaps with a little hagiography, as having responded immediately. Still, 
Every little scrap of memory of these two brothers tends in the same direction, full of vim, vigor, vitality, and pepperino they. Yes, yes, they will follow. Down the shoreline a little, there rests another boat, a different story, a different set of brothers altogether, James and John, known as the sons of Zebedee. Simon has already earned his own nickname and name and nickname, but these two are known rather by their father's name. They haven't left home. They have not yet acquired that second identity. Here they are, as usual, at dawn, stuck in the back of the boat. All these years, we could imagine, they have watched the Peter and Andrew show. All these years, from the back of the boat, they have envied the fun and the frolic down the beach. All the late-night parties, all the bonfires, all the singing, all the swimming. And here they sit, strapped to the old boat of old Zebedee still. And they're covered with the ancient equivalents of chapstick and copper tone. And they're trapped under the glaring gaze of Zebedee, whose thunderous voice has so filled their home that their own voices haven't yet emerged every day in the back of the boat. And what are they doing? Why, you could have guessed it, even if the text had not made it plain. Are they casting? No. Are they fishing yet? No. Are they sailing? No. They're mending, mending. Knit one, pearl two. Their dad has got them into that conservation, protection, preservation mode, mending. Of course, nets need mending. But the nets and the mending are meant in a greater service, love set to music. The fun is in the fishing. The joy is in the casting, and there they sit, sober they, mending. And here we are, midway between Christmas and Easter, and this passage has a little forecast of passion, Baptist, and a little memory of nativity, Jesus come to Galilee. These two stories, passion and nativity, Easter and Christmas, these two stories of Jesus, of his birth and of his death, are meant to complement one another, are meant to interpret each other. The early church told these two stories about Jesus, the first about his death, the second about his life. The first, about the cross, is the oldest and the most fundamental. The second, about the life, is the key to the meaning of the first. The eyeglasses which open full sight, the code to decipher the first. Jesus died for our sin according to the scripture. That is the first story. But who was Jesus? What life did his death complete? How does his word heal our hurt? And how does all of this accord with life and scripture? One leads to the other. This second, second level story begins at Christmas and is told among us all winter long to interpret the first. The life story is meant to make sure that divine love is not left only to the cross or only to heaven. The life story is meant to open out a whole range of Jesus as brother, teacher, healer, young man, all. It is meant to provide the mid-course correction that might be needed if all we had were wholly weak. And the life images are the worker bees in this theological hive. 
The days after Easter may announce the power of, may announce the power of peace, but the days after Christmas name the place of peace. Jesus died the way he did because he lived the way he did. Jesus lived the way he did so that he could die the way he did. That is, it is not only the passion of Christ, but the peace of Christ, too, which Christians like you affirm. And what lovely news for us that is. Such a passionate year we have had. Now come love and music this day to announce that there is more to Jesus than the passion. There is the matter of peace as well. The real miracles of this account lie in the second invitation to the second set of brothers. It is a miracle that Jesus stopped and invited them, so somber are they. I wonder if he took in the timber of Zebedee's voice. I wonder if he saw them quaking in the back of the boat. Perhaps his heart went out to James and John. So he stops and he asks. That is the great thing about an invitation. All you can do is ask. So do ask. You have not because you ask not. And for the first time in their lives, James and John are invited to live. So many people live half asleep. They don't live life, life lives them. Like these two knitting in the back of the boat, half asleep. And then a musical voice, and then dawn, daybreak, first light, and a voice like no other, so equanimous and so serene, casts its spell upon them. Watch. It is a moment of love and music. First one, James, then the other, John, stands and moves. And under the shadow of that paternal presence, under the sound of that maternal imperative of home, still they find the courage to rise. And they move. They are about to grow up. Wonderful. And what do they leave behind? Well, you would have known even if the scripture had not laid it right out. They leave behind the boat and their parents. We best honor the adults in our lives when we become adults ourselves. We best honor the adults in our lives when we become adults ourselves. In the lasting inaugural phrase from this past week, God is calling you to help shape an uncertain future. So feel the love and hear the music. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. Amen.
peace of the Lord be always with you. It is said that Bach gave us God's word, Mozart gave us God's laughter, and Beethoven gave us God's fire. But God gave us music that we might pray without words. We give thanks this morning to the Marsh Chapel Choir and Collegium under the direction of Dr. Scott Allen Jarrett for leading us into the depths and profundity of prayer this morning. We would invite you to make your presence among us known by filling out the Ritual of Friendship, otherwise known as the Red Book at the end of your pew, to let us know that you're here and help us to be in contact with you throughout the week. We would note that the, this week marks the beginning of our regular weekly schedule, including Monday night dinner, Tuesday lunch, Tuesday evening study of economics and religion, Wednesday evening prayer, and Thursday evening study of interreligious encounter. We would encourage you to keep an eye on the Marsh Chapel website for more details throughout the week. We hope you'll join us for lunch following this service, and also on Fridays, February 13th, there is a Valentine's Day celebration. Find out more in your bulletin or by contacting Elizabeth Fomby in the main office. We welcome Sister Olga this morning to share a word with us about a February 4th event of ecumenical prayer. Good morning, everyone. Um, I'm very grateful to God for the opportunity to be with all of you, um, even though some of you might don't see me behind this podium, but I'm very grateful to God for this opportunity to be with all of you for a few minutes, and I appreciate um, Dean Hill and Brother Larry for inviting me to extend a personal invitation um, to all of you to join us for uh, an evening of prayer for unity on February 4th um, here at Boston University. Um, it's sponsored by the Catholic Center, and we are very grateful for all the uh, Christian denominations who will be joining us to praise the Lord and thank him for the gift of unity in his name. Um, and I'm very grateful, particularly for the Marsh um, Chapel community, who has been a, um, very supportive of this event, and Dean Hill will be speaking, and members of the community also will be um, leading some um, time of prayer um, during that evening. Um, in a particular way, um, I want to just share with you a very um, simple personal um, testimony uh, why um, I was motivated by, by this event, and particularly it's because of this community as well. One of the highlights of my Sunday is the 1230 Mass, and that's because I get to see you all after you leave your service. Um, Sometimes I wish if we did have a little bit more time between the two services, I could get a chance to have more extended time with each one of you. Um, Sometimes, um, really, I just want to say that you really make uh, my day very special every Sunday by every warm smile, loving hug, welcoming heart. Um, I remember in 2001 when I was studying at Silo, uh, learning English here at Boston University, um, students during the, between classes during the break, they used to run to their dorms or, you know, just go out with friends. And they used to ask me, what do you do, Sister Olga, during the break? I used to tell them, I always go to Mars Chapel. And I remember at the end of my time at Silop when they were sharing about each student, you know, something about their personality or their life during their um, time at Silop. They said, Sister Olga has a home here at BU. And they all looked, they thought, you know, where she lives here at BU. So uh, the students in my class, they said, Sister Olga lives at Mars Chapel. <laughs> so uh, definitely you have made um, 
this, this uh, house a home for me, but it's a home for me because of all of you, because I have a big loving family here. So thank you for your love. Thank you for inspiring me to believe in the unity that is so dear to the heart of our Lord. As he prayed um, a beautiful intercessory prayer in the Gospel of John chapter 17, he prayed that we may all be one in his name, that the, the world would believe that he was sent by the Father. So I look forward to um, giving thanks to the Lord and praising him uh, with all of you on February 4th in this um, event of unity. Um, again, I look forward to giving you all a hug uh, on that day as we do every Sunday. Thank you for your love and thank you for welcoming you always. God bless you. For those of you here in the nave, the ushers will walk among us shortly to um, give us the opportunity to offer up our lives in support of the chapel and its life and ministry together. For those of you listening from afar, you can see our chapel website and click on the link Stewardship Giving to participate in that way. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
take this commitment of resources and use it in support and use of not just this chapel or the church, but your beautiful kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Spirit be and abide with each one of us now and forevermore. Amen. <laughs> 